Hello and welcome to the Feedback Force podcast, the game design analysis podcast of the End Defender community. I'm Kelso. And I'm Kyla. And I'm Carl. Uh, and we're back. Um, yeah, we're back. Yeah. It's it's getting to be that spoopy time of year. Uh, Halloween is almost upon us. And uh, I had a pumpkin carving party this past weekend. Oh, did you did you make off with a, a nice bounty have, of seeds? I have so many seeds, Kelso. Nice. I have so many seeds. Nice. I couldn't fit it all in one Tupperware. I have so many seeds. <laughs> How many pumpkins did you carve? Uh, nine. Whoa, that's so many pumpkins. Holy shit. <laughs> there, were, there were a lot of people there. And uh, I carved two because I also carved one for like some friends who weren't there. Um, yeah, so it was like eight people showed up. We all had like a nice dinner and then we carved pumpkins. And I made one with a spooky ghost and one for some friends that has a, a moogle on it. Oh. And, and I got just so many seeds. I think I posted a picture on Twitter uh, of my two Tupperwares full of seeds. But I made like two... Um, cookie sheets full of roasted seeds yesterday, and I think I used, like, maybe a quarter of what I have. Oh gosh, I'm looking at the picture of your of your seed <laughs> bounty right now. That's Yeah, that's a lot of seeds. Yeah. Man. So, I, like, mission success. Nice. I've got, uh, last time I was at the store, I was just, like, it's fall, they're selling squashes, so I bought an acorn squash, and I haven't cooked it yet, but I might do that for dinner tonight. How do you cook your acorn squash? I usually just roast it. Just like chop it in half and oil it up and roast it. And uh, sometimes sometimes I'll do it in slices, but that's, I don't know, that's that, that's The solution effort. for literally everything. <laughs> every, yeah. every winter vegetable, at least, yeah. yeah. Um, the, the thing about acorn squash is that acorn squash is delicious as like a sweet squash. If you just cut it in half and then fill the divot with like... We do a mixture of um, salted butter, brown sugar, and uh, maple syrup. Oh, yeah. And cook it in that. That's so good. I might have to do that, too. Or something like that, yeah. I've done that before. It's been a long time. I haven't I haven't done acorn squash in a long time. I usually get, like, butternut mm. butternut squash. But, yeah, I, I like a good squash. I am I am starting to come around to squash. I have never nah. been a huge fan of squash. Um but it's I'm starting to like learn how like what sauces I can put on them to make them palatable basically. <laughs> That's fair. To <clears throat> make them not garbage. Yeah. Basically. I do uh I do the sweet sauce on the acorn squash. I do a um, when we make spaghetti squash, we do a, like, a pesto alfredo, uh, on it, which is really tasty. Uh, and then for butternuts, I just make it into a soup, because what else are you gonna do? Uh, butter, butternut squash is otherwise unsalvageable. Oh, really? Uh, I'm not a fan of butternut. <laughs> oh, man, I... It's just so, it's just generically squash tasting. It's, like, slightly sweet. I do... just describing every single squash. <laughs> I usually do squat, like, I'll take a butternut squash and I'll cut it up into, like, really small cubes, and instead of, like, steaming it or boiling it or whatever, I'll just cook it all the way through, um, like, in a skillet, so it gets, like, 
nice on the outside, but it's tender, and then do that with, like, sage butter and ravioli, cheese ravioli. It's pretty, I don't know, it's pretty good. I like it, but... Man, I would I would have squash or pumpkin as a ravioli filling. I have had some real good, like, pumpkin ravioli. So that is an acceptable use of squash. Yeah. The problem is, like, in the winter, that's what you got. Right? Like, you're not going to have a lot of real good fresh veg in the winter, so you'd, you'd have squash. It's what you do. Yeah. I like, um, well, you can do Brussels, Brussels sprouts are like a winter vegetable. Yeah, I, I enjoy you like Brussels, Brussels sprouts. Okay. I, I enjoy Brussels sprouts, but Huck refuses to eat them at all, so. Uh, yeah, I that's love hard. Brussels sprouts, but every single one of my friends and every single one in my family kind of hates them. Yeah. <laughs> I, I used to not like Brussels sprouts, and then I had fresh from the garden Brussels sprouts for the first time, and it was like a whole different experience. I was astonished <laughs> at how much better they were, and that kind of turned me around on Brussels sprouts. Nice. So, speaking of vegetables, mm-hmm. this weekend I was at my parents and dug up their vegetables. And holy shit, they were all enormous. <laughs> Good year. But, well, I'm not sure. They were like carrots. There was like half a kilo. What's Jesus. That? Just above one pound. Yeah, that's a that's a big carrot. Yeah, and like parsnip, that's like what three inches diameter. Damn. <laughs> diameter. Jesus. Yeah. I was like, three inches long isn't that long for a parsnip. <laughs> three inches diameter is enormous. And like, every single thing was just huge. Huh. They got some, uh, some good soil this year or something. The right amount of rain. Nice. Yeah, but wow. I, uh, I wish I could have a garden. I know that I, if I had a garden, I wouldn't, like, I would be too lazy. I would be too lazy to take care of it. But... Man, I wish I had a garden. <laughs> I wish you had a source of fresh, fresh vegetables more than a garden. Yeah. Also, Although being out in a garden is real nice. Yeah, it is. Um, yeah, I just obviously don't have a spot to do that. Also, I don't know. I'm like talking about Brussels sprouts reminded me of it. Have you have you guys looked at a Brussels sprouts plant ever? <laughs> They're great. They look like one of those like uh I think it's Shinto like uh ornamental poles with the bells on them oh. that they shake to like scare away spirits or whatever. Yeah, I was just thinking they look like they belong on an alien planet. <laughs> yeah, they're fantastic. They're so weird. It's just a pole with tiny cabbages growing out of it. Yeah. Yep, that's all it is. Delicious little little baby boys. Uh, well. uh, so so let me tell you guys about what's stressing me the heck out. Um, so we got an invite, and by we I mean Wintermore Tactics Club, the game I'm on. Mm-hmm. Um, we got like a last-minute invite from Seattle Indies that was like, hey, uh, the Reboot Conference in Banff is off, has like given us the, like a, you know, a indie package where like uh, the conference admission and and hotel is free you just have to buy a plane ticket up uh and you know do we're we're offering it to you guys and we're like great uh 
we would love to go to a conference. And they're like, it's in Canada, though. So we had to yeah. scramble, like, who on the team has a currently valid passport? Uh, oh. Turns out it's just me and the other writer, Mike. <laughs> so, well, which so is fine. it falls so, to you. So it's only like the, you know, it, it's, it was only for two people anyway. So it's like, all right, we can do that. But that means we have like less than two weeks to buy tickets. Okay, like, let's get some plane tickets. And then like after we have the plane tickets, like they send us all of the like super, super last minute, all of the logistical stuff. And it turns out the place we're going uh, is it's called Banff. It's this uh, like ski town in Canada. Yeah, I've, I've been there uh, actually, and, it, and it's really, really gorgeous up there. So how has every freaking person been to Banff? Like everyone I talked to, <laughs> like, oh, yeah, Banff. Banff is great. So like, all I know, all I know about Banff is from the South Park game. Oh, I, I don't even know. Apparently, like a lot of people have been there, and everyone tells me it's gorgeous. But yeah, the no, point it's super. Is that is. It's, an, it's an hour and a half away from the Calgary airport. Uh, which is where we land. And they have a complimentary shuttle, but it only learn runs at certain times of day. And we are going to be there. Like we are getting there around midnight. Oh, um, and they do not run. So it's like, okay, do we try to rent a, an expensive car for multiple days and see if we can get into this like ski resort town on our own at, at, in the dark and possibly snow and possibly mountains, um, or do we pay like an almost equally expensive cab fare to ride an hour and a half out, or do we try and stay the night in Calgary and find a like not ridiculous uh, hotel for one night and then be late to the conference the next day? Like it's it's been just like a complete headache, and I'm so mad because this is the exact reason that I hate doing things last minute, like yeah. making planning trips and things last minute, because the logistics get all fucked. I feel like instead of doing a cab, there might be like a shuttle service, like a paid shuttle service from the airport, since yeah. it is going to a ski like a resort town. We looked into it, and uh, yeah. uh, the, like the main shuttle is the one that like only runs at certain times oh, okay. um, anything else is going to be like over 200 bucks to get out there yeah i would honestly i would still probably do that instead of getting a car because if you're yeah. renting a car then there's like all the extra hassles of like parking and having to drive it like you said in an unfamiliar place in probably yeah. the snow I, yeah. I wouldn't I wouldn't want to risk that. Yeah, but. I'm leaning towards like I don't think I want to try and find Banff on my own oh. in the middle of the night. <laughs> and I hate mountain driving, and I you know I have driven in the snow before, but I like don't want to have to look for directions in the snow at night. Yeah. <laughs> right. Like. Yeah, absolutely. Well, I mean that's I that's really know, cool like, that you're going you to that conference. Cab, though. Would you tip a cab in Canada? Yeah, that's I wouldn't. I wouldn't know. You're going to have to Google that. Uh, this is so much stress. I'm like freaking the fuck out. Yeah, that's uh, understandable. But yeah, the bright side, we might be, we're going to be the, the, the latter half of next week. Probably in the beautiful town of Banff in their like weird giant castle hotel where the conference is. Nice. So... Oh, God, wish me luck. I'm going to need it. Well, then then you're going to be in the prestigious club of people who've been to Banff. <laughs> <laughs> Which is everyone, apparently. 
which is apparently everyone. I had not heard of Banff before this conference, uh, before we got this invite. And, like, it's absurd the percentage of people I talk to are like, oh, yeah, Banff is gorgeous. I love Banff. Um, so I went, like, a long time ago. Like, I think I was, I don't know, 13 years old, maybe. And it was one of those things where my mom had a work conference there. And sometimes when she had work conferences in cool places, she would bring me and my sister along and just oh, yeah. extend the trip into a long weekend. So that's why I know about it. I will say there, I don't know if it's still open, but there was an ice cream shop called Cows. And they have like themed, uh, like you can buy like Cows t-shirts and stuff. So when I was there uh, a long time ago, I got one <laughs> that was like, uh, a Harry Potter parody, and it was like Cowie Potter and the Goblet of Milk or something, and it was stupid. And I look back on that and think, I can't believe I bought that. But if you're <laughs> if you're into that, check it out. <laughs> I mean, what do you mean you can't believe you bought that? <laughs> You'd buy that again? Maybe. I'm looking. I'm looking <laughs> at what they have right now. They have a a Cowzilla. Like I'm just looking at pictures. There's Moocraft. Cowzilla and a Breaking Bad one. I think that says uh, Hefferberg instead of Heisenberg. Okay. But uh... yeah, I mean, like novelty T-shirts are not necessarily my thing, but good ice cream is my thing. So yeah. <laughs> yeah. You want me to buy you a shirt and send you one? No, that's fine. <laughs> I don't. I don't. I don't have a lot of like opportunities to wear my novelty T-shirts anymore. So. Yeah. I'm just on their website and they have like the first section is like ice cream the second is clothing <laughs> it is a, it is granted like a weird domain set <laughs> it's a weird combination of things yeah cows.ca uh, this this episode bought to you by the Banff Canada Tourism Board I guess <laughs> I guess so. Well, I'll I'll have more to say probably next time after I'm back from it, and we'll see if I completely died of stress or uh, if I had a good time. I believe in you. Uh, at least somebody does. <laughs> yep. All right. I could I could go on uh, about like poly- random polygon generation algorithms that I worked out this week and things like that but maybe we should talk about a game instead we can talk about a game <clears throat> unless anyone else has any burning news that they'd like to share nah nope no nah. nah all right we're we're we played a zeitgeist game we, we played, played a game that's on yep. everyone's top of mind at least at time of recording by the time uh, people listen to it <laughs> who knows yeah uh yeah we played untitled use game from house house and uh, the game that uh, everybody really likes to talk about these days. Yep. Blink-182 recommended it on stage, <laughs> apparently. I forgot that we mentioned that, or that we were talking about that last time. I don't know if that made it into the podcast, but... <laughs> yeah, that's a thing. There was some other, like, famous actress or voice actress or something who, like, tweeted about it. They got it a lot of attention. Um, yeah, it's Untitled Goose Game. It is... Sort of nominally a puzzle game, so I guess, like, spoiler warning, if it's a game that you really feel like playing yourself, we are probably going to spoil 
like how to do a lot of the things. I'm guessing. Depends on how much detail we get into, but yeah. for safety's sake, spoiler warning. Yeah. Um, so, as as you might already know or expect, uh, you play as a goose, and your goal is to get a bell from a model of the town. And put it in your bell graveyard. And put it in your bell in the bell pit. Yeah. <laughs> in the bell hoard, uh, or or. This is a game where you play a goose deity, uh, and your goal is to spread worship of the goose by getting them to erect signs with pictures of the goose on it all about town. Oh. Um, there may be other shapes, like circles with slashes through them, but the important part is that it's a picture of a goose, uh, and you are, you are forcing them to, to think about you and worship you. Uh, and, and fear you. And fear you, yes, exactly. Mm-hmm, Yes. Very important. Huh. That, that, is, that, is, that is my interpretation of this that's game. A, that's a good interpretation. Um, but yeah, so you are you are a goose being a nuisance. You are a nuisance goose. Yeah. Uh, there's a series of, like, five areas, I think, um, that you have to yeah. go into. You get a checklist of goose tasks um, that you must perform, and once you've performed a certain number... You get a new task that, if you perform it, opens up the way to the next area. Yep. It's pretty straightforward. Yep. <clears throat> so the, you start in... This doesn't really count as an area, but there's like a little tutorial glen that you start in where uh, you uh, you just learn how to like go under logs and like pick things up uh, and honk at things. Uh, and there's a little pit of bells in the back that you can't reach, but if you look in it, there's like a whole bunch of little golden bells in there, and you're like, huh, I wonder what's up with this pit of bells. Yep. Uh, and yeah, so you escape the little glen area, you open some some fence stuff, so like a little gate, uh, and then you get to the first area, which is the garden. The gardener's little... Uh, Nursery. I guess this is supposed to be like a quaint English village. Is that yeah. what we're going for? Yeah, that's what I. That's definitely the interpret or the impression that I got definitely as well. Because like the UI is all like British stop signs, right? Oh, that's true. That's true. Yeah. The yeah the UI is all like well, street not, signs. Yeah, street signs. Um, and they are they are not they're definitely not U.S. street signs. I think they are British street signs. Um from what I've seen. Yeah, so in the in the garden, there is a gardener. Um, and what are the things you have to do to the gardener? I'm let trying me, to remember let me pull up. the check. Get into the garden. Yeah. Let's get into the garden. I know you have to steal a bunch of stuff and put it on a picnic blanket. There's always one quest that's like, steal X number of things to X location. So you have to have a picnic, which is like, get a thermos and a sandwich and a carrot and uh, a okay. jar I, of jam. Yes, I have and found and a, the basket. And the picnic basket. And the radio. And the radio. And a pumpkin, for and some a, reason. Yes. <laughs> yeah. No one has ever gone to a picnic with a pumpkin. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so the objectives in this area are um, get into the garden, get the groundskeeper wet, steal the groundskeeper's keys... Make the groundskeeper wear his sun hat, uh, rake in the lake, and have a picnic. 
And then the uh, additional objective, I think, is the one that opens up the next area is um, make the groundskeeper hammer his thumb. Um, yes. So this is one of the two... Uh, this has one of the two quests in the game that I was unable to figure out, uh, which was make the gardener wear his sun hat. Yeah, I... don't I, know how no. to do that. I have the same... You steal his hat. Yeah, I stole his hat and, like, got rid of it, but... Do you have to... Is there some other... Like, he would just, like, be like, oh, no, my hat is missing, and then go and get his hat. You have to make it so he can't find it. Okay, so I gotta... You gotta take his hat far enough away, I guess. Yeah. Um, okay. Yeah. Or I guess take his hat and lock him out. <laughs> the, uh... Yeah, that that could be a thing. Um, yeah, there's a... When you beat the game, there's also a bunch of, like, uh additional objectives that open up uh and one of them is locking the gardener out of the garden yeah yeah you can do them before the end and you get like a secret checklist ah i see um yeah most of them involve doing stuff that like spans two different areas not all of them but like a lot of them do um yeah so when you when you've done most of the stuff, the guard, gardener tries to put up a no goose sign, uh, and if you make him hammer his thumb, then he, he like he falls backwards and like yeah yeah and and, breaks and he the opens gate open. the gates the next area yeah yeah so next area is like the little outdoor market it's like like a farmers market slash flea market type thing it's. It's very, it's like a one-person market, but yeah. it's uh, it's outdoor and then and thus at the mercy of the goose. Yes, there's um, a there's a boy who's afraid of goose. There's a woman manning the store, and there's a man in the video store. I I spent a lot of I wasted rather a lot of time just tormenting the boy for fun. <laughs> yeah, his <laughs> yeah. animations are pretty good. Um, yeah, so especially the, when you have a walkie-talkie. Yeah. So the objectives in this area are uh, break the broom. The lady who runs the little shop will try to savage you with a broom if you get too close. So you have to, like, break it. Um, Break the broom. Trap the boy in the phone booth. Make the boy wear the wrong glasses. Make someone buy back their own stuff. Get on TV and go shopping, which is you have to put a toothbrush, toilet paper, a hairbrush, canned food, cleaner, uh, a fruit and a vegetable in uh, a shopping basket. And then I think the next, to get to the next one is, uh, yeah, you have to trap the shopkeeper in the garage. Yeah, and she gets out of the garage using a different entrance, which then, like, leaves the gate open for you. Um, I liked the trap the boy in the phone booth one. I found that just, like, entertaining. (laughs) It's it's maybe one of the meaner ones, but... I thought no, that was less The mean, mean one is buy back their own stuff. Yeah, that is pretty mean. Oh, see, I thought the, the most mean one was making him wear the wrong glasses, because first you have to tie his shoelaces together, and then you have to scare him, and then he trips and falls, and you steal his glasses, and he's just immobilized, and you, like, swap his glasses out with a different pair of glasses. Getting so. on TV was also pretty hard. Mostly because I didn't notice the giant switch in the TV place. Oh, There's yeah. a big old switch, switch that switches them from showing, like, whatever 
TV channels to being like a feed from the cameras inside the building. Mm-hmm. So you got to like get the TV guy to come out of the building and then quickly run into the building and switch the switch. And then you can run around and be a goose on TV. Yep. Um, yeah. And that, it doesn't make sense. Does it not? Well, no. Why would a switch make... I don't know. Oh, yeah. Why, why would there just be a big switch that is that toggles all of the TV inputs? Yeah, I guess. Yeah, maybe they're for, like, testing purposes if you want to, like, test the cameras that you're selling. Yeah. <clears throat> I don't know. Yeah. No, uh, that doesn't make sense. <laughs> it's, it's fine. It's fine. Yeah. Um... Yes, so you get through the uh, you get through the gate in the back, and then you get into the backyards where there's a pair of neighbors. A lot of these are also like tricking people into having interactions with each other. So, for instance, the like buy back your own stuff is uh, like you you steal someone's thing and put it in the flea market, and then the lady in the flea market thinks that like when the person goes to get it back that they're trying to steal it, and so she demands that they pay for it. Um, but the, the backyard section is all about that, that kind of interaction where you're like basically just getting these two neighbors to yell at each other a bunch. Yeah, it's pretty great. So for this one, it's, um, the first one is make someone break the fancy vase, uh, help the woman dress up the bust there. So there's two neighbors and one of them has like a bunch of statuary in her garden and the other one just has like meticulously manicured hedges and uh, a very fancy uh, prestigious Pri- rose bush. Prize-winning rose. Yeah. Um, make the man spit out his tea, get dressed up with a ribbon, make the man go barefoot and do the washing. And you have to wash a bra, a pair of socks, a slipper, and then also put a bar of soap in. Yeah, and by washing, we mean throw all of these in a fountain. <laughs> yes. It took me a long time to figure that one out because I didn't realize that you had to put it in the fountain. I thought it had to go in the bathtub. Mm, yeah, so. good good guess. But the bathtub is full of just, like, dirt and flowers. Yeah. Um, yeah, so you have to steal... A lot of this is, like, you have to steal one thing from one person's yard and do something with it in the other yard. Yeah. Um, so there's a lot of going back and forth. And the man is, like, sipping his tea at his outdoor table, and he's got, like, a, a hat and a pipe and his reading glasses on the table next to him. And the woman is, like, tending to her statuary... Uh, and she's got, like, an artist's easel, like, she's painting a little vase, and she's got a bunch of little, like, gnome statues and windmills and that kind of thing. It's very Bat cozy. full of flowers. Yeah, it's, it's, it's pretty cozy. Um, so, yeah, the, the some of these are, uh, like, start to get a little bit weird. Like, the one where you get a ribbon on, you, like, get rid of her statue of a goose and pretend to be the statue of a goose, so yeah. she'll put the ribbon back on you, which... Doesn't say much for this lady, to be honest. Uh, I think, because there were a couple times, and I think if the goose statue is too close to where it is supposed Mm -hmm. to be, she'll realize that you are not the statue, and she'll Mm -hmm. yell at you. Um, I like, I liked the get the dressed up with a ribbon one, because then you, your cute little goose running around with a ribbon on. It's cute. Yeah, one of the, one of the extra things at the end uh, the the extra goals is to do a performance in a later area while wearing the cute ribbon. Yeah, I don't know if I did that one or not. I don't remember, but yeah. 
Um, the dress up the bust one is also kind of a, a people interacting because I guess all of these are people interacting. So dress up the bust, you like steal all the guy's stuff and put it next to this, her like little bust statue. And then she just, rather than returning them to her neighbor, she just puts them on her statue. Yeah. I get the feeling these neighbors don't get along very well. Yeah. There's uh, like a big bell. Well, not anymore. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, certainly not anymore. I was kind of hoping like, there, I guess it's against the nature of the game, but it would be cool if there was a positive quest where you could, like, make them fall in love. Yeah, that would be... Your, the antics. I feel like the most positive thing you do is uh, entertain those two gals at the pub. Yeah. But we'll get to that. Um, and then the thing that you do to uh, get into the next area is you uh, make someone prune the tidy man's prized rose. Mm-hmm. Which, uh, you gotta move it, and then you have to, like, mess up the lady's topiary, which is right next to the rose, and then she accidentally cuts the topiary. Well, she cuts the topiary, and accidentally cuts the rose. Accidentally. Ac- yeah, yeah, and she... That she didn't goes... look like an accident. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, well, we've, we've already established that she's not particularly observant. Yeah. Um, I liked the, uh, there's, like, some... Some of the puzzles in this one that you start to feel a little bit like you're actually planning and executing something and, like, a little bit clever. Yeah. Uh, like, the vase one, it's not enough to just drag the vase around. You have to, like, give it to the person who doesn't own it so he'll, like, throw it across the fence to his neighbor. Yeah. And then that smashes it. Oh, yeah. Can we talk about that? Hmm? Yes. Why did he just throw, throw the vase because he's in the habit of just throwing her shit back to her side whenever it gets over onto his side. And but, he wasn't yeah. paying attention to what it was, I guess. Or maybe he thought she would catch it. Yeah. I don't know. I, I was so baffled when well, he just threw it. Yeah, it's a little bit of an, like a wonky physics game to some extent. Um, yeah. So some of the stuff relies on just like weird procedural behaviors. Yes. Um, the, yeah, I'm trying to remember if there are any other, like, fun, like, uh, procedures that you had to do to get um, something to happen in that area. But I think that's basically it. Yeah, I think that's the, the interesting ones. Um, so then, yeah, so then you get, you head to the pub, um, which is hard to get into. Man, that bouncer at the door is rough. Because you have to, because you have to get in so many times. If you're me, at least. Yeah, I I had the same problem. Um, but yeah, what you have to do is there's a there's a person unloading or loading, unloading a truck and then carrying the stuff into the, like the back area of the pub, and there's an open box and you hide in the open box and they unwittingly. That is, <laughs> that is one you way in. to do it. Is there um, another way? The other way you can get into the. Uh, into the the pub is if you time it really well, you can snatch uh, the the guard's shoelaces and untie them. And then if you just run past them, run past him into the pub when he tries to chase you, he will trip and fall. Oh, I guess and I didn't get away. I didn't realize you could even interact with his shoelaces. Huh? Yeah. That's... You have to be doing that thing where you like keep your head close to the ground. Yeah. Um, that, in order to get them. That's a lot. That seems a lot faster than. 
yeah, waiting for the box yeah, thing every time. Waiting, but it's also harder because you have to, like, he tends to shoo you away, so you have to time it right so that yeah. uh, you are able to, to, to snatch them at the right time. And you have to also snatch them at the right time when he's far enough to the side of the gate that you can squeeze around past him and, like, wiggle through and run off. Yeah, okay, so there's a lot more execution. That's fair. Yeah. Um, so the, the to-do list is, one, get into the pub, uh, break the dartboard, get the toy boat, which I don't know why there was even a toy boat there, but whatever, um, make the old man fall on his bum, be awarded a flower, steal a pint glass and drop it into the canal, and set the table with a knife, a fork, a plate, uh, a pepper grinder, and a candle. Um, this is, has another one that I never got, which was breaking the dartboard. Um, I'm not sure how you do that. It's, it's the same as... Do you just, like, honk at the guy while he's throwing darts or something? You have to, you have to, like, watch his pattern. Like, he has a big wind-up, and you have to honk while he's in the middle of his big wind-up. It it took me a while to figure, figure that out, too. But yeah, that's, that's how you do that one. Does he, what does he, what does he do that breaks the, the dartboard? I think he just throws it too hard, because he does. I think I can't he, remember anything. Because he does the same thing with the horseshoes. If you if you honk while he's doing his big windup with the horseshoes, he way overshoots the the stake. Mm. So I, I'm assuming that just means that when he's startled, he uh, he hulks out a little bit and <laughs> like and, um, can't control his massive throwing arm. I don't. You know, so yeah. When uh, when you if when you want him to fall on his bum, you have to as he's sitting down, you have to steal the stool out from under him. Yeah, which is also feels very mean. It does. And then this is the one where the only like nice, probably the only nice, cute thing you do is there's two ladies at a table and that are quite enamored of goose, and you just have to like they'll you know, motion for you to flap your wings or to duck or to honk. And if you do all the things that they say, then they throw you a little flower. Yeah, it's very sweet. Yeah. I like those ladies. Those ladies know what's up. Yeah. They they respect my gooseness. Those ladies will not face the wrath of the goose. (laughs) Yes. When when judgment day comes and everyone else faces the wrath of the goose. They shall Uh, be spared. Yeah, this one's tough because there's a there's like an area up at the top that's like the dining area, and there's a woman wandering around it. And anytime she sees you, she will shoo you out of the area. And the same for the guy guarding the door. If at any point he sees you in the pub, he will shoo you out the front, and then you have to get back in. Yeah, I I found that hiding under the tables worked pretty well. Like they would just kind of lose sight of you and wander off. Yeah, there's also like uh, some little sort of uh, hidden areas under the porch that you can squeeze into where they can't get you, and they tend to lose interest if you go in there as well. Yeah. Yeah, so you have to do some things like flooding the uh, flooding the sink to get the little toy boat out of it, um, stealing that guy's stool. Uh, there's... There's a the getting the pint glasses is hard because if at any point you're shooed, you drop the glass and it shatters. Yeah. Uh, and then you have to go all the way back and get a new one rather than just being able to pick it up and keep going. Yeah. That one. Yeah, that one was kind of a pain. Um, and then setting the table was also kind of a pain because 
another thing that people do, just like that procedural behavior, is if they see something out of place, they'll pick it up and put it back where it's supposed to go. So you basically have to gather everything up and put it in a little hidey spot before you can go mm-hmm. on to set the table or do whatever you have to do with that stuff. Yeah. Um, and but the so the AI is kind of interesting because they it's clearly like stack based. So they have like a normal behavior they do if nothing's wrong. But then if they see something is wrong, they will do whatever has most recently caught their attention. So if you are like fooling around with a pint glass and someone comes to take your pint glass, but you don't want them to take the pint glass, you can like steal a nearby fork and run around with it. And they'll be like, oh, no, wait, what about this fork? And they will like switch topics to go after that. Uh, And then you can like drop the fork, you know, somewhere where they have to go pick it up and then go back and get your pint glass. Yeah. Or whatever it is that you're carrying. Mm hmm. Um, so it's the AI manipulation. I thought like they did a good job of making it like a good balance of predictable enough that you can actually do things with it and solve things, um, without feeling just 100% robotic. Yeah. Um, cause it does actually feel like they are reacting to you and the stuff that you do. Like if they notice something's missing, they'll try and go find it. Uh, and if it's close enough by, they can find it. If it's far enough away, then they, like, can't find it. Which is helpful. Yeah. And they also have, like, some leeway in that if the AI is acting weird, it doesn't really hurt the gameplay. Yeah. You sort of either go, oh, no, give that back, or, haha, I got you. Yeah. There's never any, like, issues where the AI, like, really fucks you. Yeah, they're, they're, the only, like, slight weirdness I got was, like, sometimes I would be holding something and I'd be basically on top of a person and their AI would get them, would, like, have them go in little circles that just pushed me around. <laughs> That's cute. Um, I, I did at one point in the pub area have three different people chasing me. Around the area. Wait, who else? Who else chases you in that area? Eventually, the delivery person will also try and chase you. Huh. And so the delivery person, the the like pub manager, and the uh, guy at the front gate were all chasing me, and to the point where their like meshes overlapped. Oh wow! They were just like all in the same spot chasing me, and I'm like, (laughs) this is bad. So one thing to do: spread your wings and honk. Well, no, the, what I did was get under the, uh, under the porch, and then they couldn't get me. Yeah, it's also worth mentioning that the, um, the reset function, at any time you can reset a level, and it doesn't set back your progress, but it does put all of the items, like, back where they initially were. Yeah, uh, and the people. And the people. Reset. Yeah, it's in the menu. Yeah, I did that oh. once, because I was like, um, I had, like, moved stuff in such a way that like someone's AI was going to spend like a ton of time just going back and forth between these two little spots uh, <laughs> returning everything and I was like no I need you to actually like go do your normal behavior so I can solve this puzzle. I think I had uh, to reset in the pub because I broke all the pipe glasses I could find. Uh. <laughs> I think she will reset out new ones eventually oh. but it takes a while. Okay well um, yeah 
and she has to not be distracted by other things. Yeah, that's that's, that's always the, the issue. Problem. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so the uh, the the way you get out of this one is that there's a there's a quest to drop a bucket on the man's head, which is pretty hard. You have to like uh, first you have to scatter a bunch of tomatoes across the backyard so they are out of their tomato um, whatever that cardboard thing bin? is called yeah. a, a pallet bin. Yeah, oh, yeah, I guess it is well, a pallet or something. Yeah. Yeah, their little tomato area. Uh, and then you have to get the guy to chase you back into that area because he doesn't normally come back there. Uh, and then you have to, while he's, like, when he gets distracted by trying to fix all the tomatoes, you have to quickly run into the pub area, which is slightly higher up, and then push a bucket off a wall onto the guy's head. Yes, while not getting caught by the um, the barkeep. Yeah. Yeah. Gets uh, complex, yeah. um, and then the final the final thing is the model village, which is just a a tiny model of the entire town at every level you've gone through so far, which is cute. I don't know why you would have that in your town. Um, I I have the weird feeling that uh, this is a thing that exists in some little British villages because this is not the first time that I've seen a like humorous reference to same. Huh. Um, because in in the movie Hot Fuzz, the like picturesque English village also has a tiny little model of their own village. Oh shit! Yeah, it's been a really long time since I've seen that movie, but I guess yeah, you, yeah you're I'm, right. And I was like, I've never heard of that before, and now I saw it again in this, and I'm like, is is that just a thing that some villages have? This is like, yeah, this is something that I'm gonna have to probably go so, down a Wikipedia rabbit hole. I or, know they exist. But I don't know how much, like, it's a how, thing. How common they are. Or it's just, like, it's just so ridiculous that yeah, it's a weird you make concept. fun of it a lot. Yeah. yeah. It's a weird concept. It's kind of adorable in a certain way. Like, uh, you know, yeah. I could see why you would like it if it existed, but I'm not sure why it would occur to someone to do that. I guess it's like a 3D map, basically. Like, it's like, hey, do you want a map of the village so that you, like, know where you should go and, like, how to get around? But it's, like, a 3D model. Yeah. Now that I'm thinking about it, uh, so one of the things that I have been doing over the past couple of weeks is I recently started replaying the original Fable. Yeah. Uh, and there is another thing where in the, the Heroes Guild or whatever, there's just a map room, and the map has a little like, detailed sculptural model of the entire game area in it, mm-hmm. which, I don't know, I guess that's another, I don't know <laughs> if that's a reference to this, like, this, the miniature village thing, but, yeah. Fab- I mean, Fable is a pretty, I don't know if it's actually English or if it's, like, fake English, but a lot of those voice actors, man. Uh... Uh, isn't it, um, like, Lord British, isn't that the guy who made it? Uh, Richard Garriott or whatever his name is. Or am uh, I thinking of a different? I think you're thinking dev? of a different. Because this is that fable was Peter Molyneux. Okay, who is, who is Richard Garriott? Danny Elfman did music for Fable. Holy shit! I didn't know that. <laughs> wow. Um, oh, okay. It, it was developed by Lionhead, which is definitely British. So. Yeah. Who's Richard? What did Richard Garriott do? That? I don't 
Um, the Ultima series. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, <laughs> in his, uh, so his, his, uh, like little wiki sidebar box lists Richard Garriott, video game developer, born July 4th, 1961, space missions. Soyuz TMA-12, Soyuz TMA-13, spouse, movies, books, video games. Wow. What a life. Yeah. Uh, Yeah, so I guess he did the Ultima series is what he's known for. The Ultima series and only the Ultima series. (laughs) No, that's not true. There's also Akalabeth, World of Doom, Bioforge, Auto Duel and Tabula Rasa. Other than that, it's only Ultima games. <laughs> huh. I mean, Ultima was a pretty big deal for like a long time. Yeah. I don't know if I don't know if Ultima's still a big deal. I don't think it is. <laughs> yeah. Um. Anyway. <laughs> so yes, it was Lion's Head. Um. Which is a which is a British studio. Anyway, yes. tiny villages. Uh. You go into the tiny village. <laughs> The tiny model village. Yes. And you're like Goosezilla, and you can wreak havoc and get rid of the little uh, little toy people. It feels which, really appropriate. You don't have to. I mean, it's not on your checklist, but you it feels have powerful. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you kind of have to. You kind of got to rampage around the tiny little model yeah, village for a bit. You, you are become Goose, destroyer of village. Yep. Pretty exactly. Just... Um, yeah, and then you, you basically, you basically have to destroy this very large model of the, the town church to steal the bell. Um, and then from there, you get the objective to carry the bell all the way back through every previous level, um, and drop it at the bell pit. And the problem with that is that anytime you are walking, or anytime you're moving it faster than a walk, uh, people will hear the bell and start to chase you. Yeah. And of course, anytime anyone sees you, they immediately try and take the bell off you. Yeah. So like, what? It's, you can't steal our bell. Um, it's a little bit annoying because during the, the first part of the game, as you go through, you're like steadily unlocking shortcut paths to go back. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then when you do this mission, all the shortcut paths are like suddenly barred up and closed uh, without explanation, which like... I understand why, because they clearly want you to go back through all the areas, but it it feels arbitrary and cheap, and I wish there had been a better way of doing I mean, that. Doesn't this entire game feel kind of arbitrary and cheap? Uh, yes and no. Um, I mean, I guess we should talk about that. So, that, like, we basically finished the whole like summary part of it. Yeah. So. Uh, this game has been, uh, the like, people who've been writing about this game a lot have been like, oh, it's so much fun. Like, I never realized I had a f- fantasy of being, like, a goose, a horrible goose causing mischief. Uh, but that was not, in my experience, that was not the tone of the game as I felt it. I felt more like, I am a very important goose, and I have very important goose tasks that I must complete, and all these idiots are getting in the way of my very important goose tasks. Yeah. I um I don't know. I think it it felt a lot like you're you're trying to sort of parse the internal logic of an animal. 
And an animal that's basically the closest thing we have to, like, dinosaurs still in existence. <laughs> um, yeah, I don't know. Like, I, I'm looking at articles, and... And, what? I mean, yeah, like, the to be fair, like, to Carl's point, the tasks that you are assigned as a goose are entirely arbitrary. Um, but that's, to me, I was, I accepted that because it, it's such a game thing to me, right? Like, all all game tasks are, to some extent, pretty arbitrary. Yes. So it's like, okay, these are my goals. I am given to understand that my goal is to do X. I'm just going to assume that I really want to do X and go from there. Yeah. Yeah, but, like, in other games, it's like, do X to do Y. <laughs> Here's two X, do another X. Yep. It's literally a checklist. Yes. Um, but I'm looking at articles about it now, since we're going to sort of talk about the, the, the whole zeitgeist surrounding this game. And one of them is, Tired of being nice? The viral Untitled Goose game is for you. Yeah, I've seen a lot of people say, like, oh, it's great because it's like a Grand Theft Auto where you get to, you know, like... Um, you know, get out your, like, urge to be terrible and destructive, but ultimately, like, you're not doing anything that, uh, like, that terrible or that destructive, so it, like, feels more okay. Yeah. I don't know if I agree with that, because, like, yes, you're not, like, murdering people, but also the sort of mischief you're getting up to is a much more realistic sort of mischief that you actually probably could do to someone. Yeah. Also, yeah, I'm, I'm reading... It's, it's the classic. You're not a humanoid character, so you don't care. Yeah, that's Yeah, fair. that's true. I'm, I'm reading another um, quote. Uh, referring to the goose as an icon who encapsulates the lawless rage that simmers beneath the surface of the populace and whose actions release the tension felt by all in the face of increasingly dire circumstances. This is from a Mashable article, which, uh, <sighs> which you know, I'm sure is a bit tongue-in-cheek. It, it 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 is quite tongue in cheek, yeah. but uh, yeah, so that's, I mean, that's overstating it. Yeah, for I, sure. I feel like a lot of what it comes down to is everyone is really buying into the idea of over ascribing deeper well, meaning into this game. Yeah, and I think also a lot of people just like. So the impression I get is this: this is appealing a lot to people who are not necessarily mainstream gamers. Um, and for whom the concept of role-playing as a goose is, like, really novel. <laughs> yeah. Um, it was, it's interesting to me to compare this to uh, Donut County. Because Donut County is also a game in which, like, you have a very arbitrary set of goals that you are performing to the detriment of the local community. Yes. Um, because you feel like it. Uh, but... Donut County, like, while it was popular, did not catch on with this, like, big viral success the way I mean, that Goose Game has. It's interesting. So, oh, it's sorry, more of a yeah. sandbox game, Goose Game, right? Yeah. So you have, like, multiple options to do things. That's true. Yeah. Um, it's, a little bit, it's a little bit less directed. Uh, for my money, I think the, the main reason is that one thing that Goose Game is really good at is it's very straightforward and easy to encapsulate like literally you are a goose you cause mischief right like that's someone that that's something that like 
anyone, even if you're not really that familiar with games, can kind of wrap their brain around. And like it's a very clear and straightforward goal. Yeah, you can wrap your brain around it, and you've probably experienced goose shenanigans firsthand at some point in your life. Yeah, or at least heard about them. Yeah. I mean, yeah, it's like relatable in an odd way, whereas like being a raccoon with a remote control hole who's trying to make money for a drone copter is like less immediately encapsulatable. Yeah. Well, I like the comparison to like, well, not like maybe, but the comparison to Grand Theft Auto mm-hmm. is like, it's not about being evil. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's not really the fun. The fun about, at least to me, it's about it being silly. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Everything is ridiculous. Everything is. And that's like, that's something that I directions. Yeah, and that's something that I feel like, or at least I don't know if I'm misinterpreting you here, Carl. By because what I'm getting is that you're saying that Call of Duty isn't about, or not Call of Duty. Sorry, there's an ad for Call of Duty in this sidebar of this website here. <laughs> that Grand Theft Auto is not about being evil. It's about like all the silly shit you can get up to. Is that what you're saying, or are you comparing Goose Game? Oh, to... I think like. In Grand Theft Auto, you you do stuff. Actually, I don't know what I'm saying. Okay, well, <laughs> thinking, what, thinking what about I, it. Okay, well, see, what I'm getting is that, like, and that's sort of that's how I feel about Grand Theft Auto. It's not about like I'm gonna kill prostitutes and I'm gonna sh- drive over people on the sidewalk. It's just big, dumb action movie spectacle, like stupid stuff that you can get up to like i'm gonna jump a truck off of uh like i don't know off of the pier and land it on a boat like that that kind of shit and i feel like that's a big thing that has become popular to do amongst the uh game journalism set is to not talk about that and to only talk about this you can murder people in this game with impunity and it's bad like Shut up, man. <laughs> yeah, it's like that's not why people are playing it. As evidenced by like uh the success of like Goat Simulator, which is in yeah. sort of a an adjacent category, right? Yes. Like the the point is that you're doing stupid stuff that like is funny because of the context. Um yeah. and you know like this like hardcore gangster whatever stuff for Grand Theft Auto. Like, yeah, okay, fine, whatever, but like the ragdolling when you jump out of a plane yeah. and hit a mountain is amazing. Yeah, right? like taking a helicopter up to the skybox and jumping off, like up to the very top of the skybox as far as you can go and just jumping out and having a blast all the way down. <laughs> That's the kind of shit that I do in Grand Theft Auto. I don't know. So I feel like, yeah, this this captures that kind of Goofy, goofy fun. Yeah, that kind of like goofy, I'm gonna do this stupid thing because I can without having the, the sort of wallpaper of being hyper violent. Yeah. And so it's something that a lot more people can find palatable. Yeah. Also, it's very marketable. Yeah. Because yes. you can have like five second clips that work perfectly, perfectly. Yeah, yeah. Or even just screenshots. Yeah. Yeah, and again, like, it's it's perfectly digestible in terms of understanding it. Like, you see, like, oh, look, there's a goose causing mischief. I understand that, like, 
geese cause mischief, and I would also like to be a goose that causes mischief. That sounds like fun. Do geese um, cause mischief? The geese are, like, very mean. Yeah, um, like, a goose will attack you if you get too close to it, and if it's if it feels like it's in a pissed-off enough mood, uh, for and sure. So, and so, like, a goose... Is that mischief? No, but, like, if a goose is, like, in a place where you need to get to, it is very hard to... Like, you you can't get past the goose. The goose is there, and it's big and mean, and it's just, like, being a dick. Yeah. And so I think this is just basically an extension of that idea. Yeah, and that's the thing. It's like, you could kill the goose very easily. It's like it's like how ostriches are big and mean, and it's super easy to kill an ostrich. You just hit it in the neck, and its neck snaps. But, like, yeah. it's not worth it to kill a goose. It's probably worth <laughs> it to kill an ostrich. Um if you're if you're threatened by it but if you're threatened by a goose it's not worth it to to kill a goose so so they just you know you just kind of put up with it and you're not you're also not going to come out of that unscathed because you can kill a goose but like they have big wings that they'll hit you with and they're like beaks they will bite you yeah they'll bite you it's un it's unpleasant and it's easier to just avoid the goose yeah yeah so yeah um but yeah, so it's. I honestly like. I don't. I, I understand how this game became like gained the popularity it is, but I don't think. I, I don't. I, it's not that. There are better games in this style. Yeah. Also yeah. worth mentioning. Um, Untitled Goose Game is is getting released in Japan, and it's called Untitled Goose Game, but with a subtitle. That translates to "Here's the mischievous goose," <laughs> which is pretty great. Yep. I like that. Yeah, I, mean, I wonder if. I mean, as you say, like goose geese aren't normally known for like specifically mischief. They're more known for being mean. So I wonder if in other cultures, like you have to kind of explain it a little more. Yeah. Or or you maybe you just don't, and you can get by on the fact that you have a honk button. Yeah, that is very good. There is a dedicated honk button, and there's a dedicated, like, spread and flap your wings button. You don't fly, but you just, like, intimidatingly spread your wings. And, like, the honk button helps you complete some objectives. As far as I can tell, the flap your wings button, apart from doing it to impress the girls, doesn't do anything. It's just fun to walk around uh, yeah. looking like a like a, a big boy. So. Yeah, and I mean, that's one of the, like quintessential like goose being aggressive signifiers so that's like oh i see that i i immediately put it together with like i am a goose just being an asshole should we talk about the controls for this game sure the controls are bad okay (laughs) uh they're a little bit it's it can be a little bit awkward Uh, yeah i I kind of feel like that's maybe intentional because like the, they don't. It can't be too easy, right? The point is that like people can outrun you in a straight line, and like it's hard for a goose to corner, right? Like geese aren't known for their like their natural yeah. it, ag- running agility. I think they do tell you this, and it does make it a lot easier if you if you let let up on the run button. It you can like turn pretty quickly and then yeah. take off in the other direction, which helps yeah. a lot. I just think it's 2019. I think it's time we put a ban on tank controls. 
<laughs> I mean, is it? It's not tank controls. It's not controls. tank controls, though. Because when I think of tank controls, I think of, like, Resident Evil. You cannot move forward. Or you, you have to, like, rotate yourself and then move in that direction. You can't just turn Wait. around immediately. Isn't it on control? I think they started with control and then switched off. I yeah, I was I was on controller the whole time. I started on um on keyboard and then I switched to controller. Um, um, I played it on yeah. switch. Um, so yeah, it's I don't know. Maybe maybe it is different. Um, yeah, I don't remember what the keyboard controls were like, but if you like. If you're facing up and you hit down on the analog stick, you immediately start moving downwards and you just turn around automatically. So for me, that means not tank controls, because tank controls, you would have to like do a thing to rotate yourself in the right direction and then hit forward. Yeah. Um, it could be worse. It's It does feel a little bit, uh, um, yeah, like inefficient. Like it feels like you're not very good at moving <laughs> as a goose. Um, which is maybe intentional. I don't know. I think it would feel weirder if you were some kind of, like, super agile power goose. Sorry, just the phrase super agile power goose is a good one. I'm always going to have, like, a small hatred for game that, like, intentionally have bad controls. Yeah, I I get it for sure. Um, It's... It it feels like it's a a really like kind of intentionally twee thing to do. Like Ooh, our game's a little bit wonky, we're cute. Um not I mean I'm not really like I'm not accusing House House of doing that. Um I think I think the goose controls were like it wasn't frustrating. It felt like it made it just hard enough to get past the people. Um, yeah, I was gonna say it, it was only frustrating when I was being chased. It it is a little bit. I don't like the like you have to lower your head specifically in order to pick up something on the ground. Yeah, part of it that felt like awkward because I was I would always like forget which button was the right button and I'd be trying to pick something up while running and I'd end up like flapping my wings or doing something else. Yeah, I think that's. Well, maybe you can do it another another way, but it's kind of necessary. Because if there's a lot of items close to each other. Yeah, you, you have to have some way of differentiating between the two. Or more. Yeah. No, I mean, I, I understand why it's there, but it just... I don't know, maybe it's the fact that you have to hold it down or... But it, and it's also a very goose thing, right? Like, having a lowered head and hissing at something is a goose thing. Yeah. yeah. Um, so, yeah. It wasn't game-breaking. It was just, it felt a little bit like, I'm scrambling for controls sort of thing. Yeah. It's, oh, we should also, we should talk about the music. Um, it's it's all set to Debussy music. So they, they, uh, they took a, like, classical compositions um, that have, like, art, astonishingly like good mood pieces for what they're go- for being a goose like you know you wouldn't think that 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 just exists out in the classical music world the perfect goose music but there you go um and they do a very nice like dynamic introduction of the music in you know certain areas or when doing certain types of tasks or actions 
the music will like fade in with a certain theme. Uh, and it, it, it matches very well. It's very nice. Yeah. I, I played this whole game. Like, I think they taught, they mention it like in the intro that all the music is by Debussy, but I played the entire game and totally forgot that that was the case. Yeah. <laughs> it is nice. I mean, though. It, it feels very natural. Like it, it yeah. doesn't feel at all out of place. Yeah. And I don't, Debussy's one that I haven't, I'm not super familiar with his work apart from like Claire de Lune, which he wrote. Yeah. But yep. other than that, yeah. Yeah. I say that like I listen to a ton of classical music in my spare time, like some kind of person with taste, and I'm, I'm really not. Uh, <laughs> don't get the wrong idea. I mostly just really like Chopin. Um, so, yeah. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, in general, like, I, I guess I'm glad that it's a it's a game that is maybe introducing people to games who might not have otherwise given games a chance, and I, I hope it leads them to, like, better games. <laughs> I thought there's it was... Nothing, there's nothing uh, wrong with this game. It's just, like, I think it's just overhyped. Yeah, it's kind of like a dream daddy in some way. Yeah. Yeah. It's... Yeah. I, I mean, I had enough fun with it, um, and I don't... I don't know that I was yeah. necessarily expecting more than... I would say, <laughs> yeah. like, it, it was an hour of fun. Yeah. yeah. And then I was completely finishing up the game. Yeah, and, like, I still have... Like, I didn't do all of the, like, extra objectives, and I didn't do any of the time stuff. Um, I know that if you if you completely mark off the entire checklist, including all of the extra stuff and the time stuff, you get a little crown... That you can Aww. you can take it to the lady who puts the ribbon on you, and she will put the crown on you, um, <laughs> which is which is cute, but yeah. not worth doing time segments because I think the time yeah. segments you have like seven minutes or something to complete an entire area's checklist. Yeah. By the way, it's, um, oh, sorry, go on, Carl. Is the implication in the of the bell pit? Does that mean you like destroyed <laughs> a lot of villages? I think uh, either it, a lot of other villages, or you've done this village before <laughs> this way. I think I I interpreted it as yes, I've I've taken the bell from this model village every time they've rebuilt it, and I I it does offer some context as to why people are so eager to get you away. Um, yeah, and why, why everyone before. happens to have a no goose sign on hand. Yeah, 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 yeah but it's not up and running. Maybe they haven't seen the goose in a while. I, it, it probably took him a while to rebuild the village, and the goose was biding his time. Probably, I don't know. Yeah. Well, maybe the goose, like, migrates for the winter, and it's just like every summer it comes back and steals a bell. Yeah. That's perfectly plausible. Um, it's, I saw someone on Twitter made a, uh, like, a Untitled Goose Game character customizer, or you could like customize your goose. Oh yeah. So you could you could uh, be like a regular goose or a Canada goose, and you can customize like your size and your neck length, uh, and like like I think you can put on some like tattoos. Oh boy, I- I've seen a couple screenshots for that. Um, I didn't realize it was that in depth. That's cool. Yeah, <clears throat> I played around with it for like a minute. It was kind of a cute thing. Um. I think overall, I I prefer, like I think this game's strength is is in its 
like simplicity and straightforwardness. So I wouldn't necessarily want it to be more like Donut County, um, but I prefer that Donut County has like also some really like funny cheeky writing that goes with it. Yeah. Because I I feel like just this is not quite enough to hold my interest. Um, as evidenced by the fact that like normally I'm a total completionist, but I had no desire to do any of the stretch goals after I finished the game. Yeah. I, it's interesting because I feel like Donut County had a lot of popularity, but it was more amongst people who were, yeah, people who were already sort of part of indie game, you know, dev culture or just consuming a lot of indie games. And cause like I was prepared for Donut County for a long time before it came out. Yeah. Um, and, and this one, I don't think I'd really even heard of it before it hit and kind of took the internet by storm. Yeah. Which is interesting how that kind of shakes out. But yeah. Yeah. And it's, it's very memeable because, which I think helped its popularity, right? Because yeah. you just have to put the goose in a funny context. Yeah. And like everyone gets what you're saying, like, ah ha ha. And like, that's the whole joke. It's like, it's the goose, but in this other unexpected context. Yeah. I mean, in many ways, it's Goat Simulator again. Yeah. It's a lot more competent than Goat Simulator. I mean, one of the achievements in Goat Simulator was crash the game. Uh. Yeah. I mean, that's that's to be fair. Like, I called it a little bit of a wonky physics game, but it's not really in the same way that, like, Wonky physics games often rely on the humor coming from just, you know, breaking things in the system and things feeling, like, weird and incorrect. Whereas, like, everything you do in this game feels intentional, like you are allowed to do it uh, within the rules of the system. It's just that the the sort of AI reactions and the animations tend to be pretty funny. Yeah. I think, um, I think the best um, Untitled Goose game beam that I saw was uh, a... The goose dropping uh, a dragon ball into the the bell pit, and all of the <laughs> other dragon balls were in the bell pit, and the caption was just like, "Oh no!" Yeah. Um, so that that's that that was a good one. Yeah, I think I saw a reply to that. Is that was like the dragon appears and says, "What is your one wish?" And the goose honks. The dragon says, "As you wish," and disappears. Nothing is immediately different. This makes you very nervous. <laughs> Yeah, it's good. I would say um, this is, as far as Zeitgeist games go, definitely not as good as Undertale as far as living up to the hype, but far, far better than Dream Daddy. So, and I actually, I actually like this game, and I, I don't think I could say that for Dream Daddy. So, you know. Yeah, I, I enjoyed Dream Daddy. I also enjoyed this game. Um, I don't feel like either of them like are going to have like a, a super long shelf life like in terms of games that we've oh, you know Dream, in Dream five Daddy years has already like, expired yeah so you know that's fair yeah I, so. I in, in five years people will probably be like oh hey remember goose game and people will be like oh yeah that's a thing whereas like people are still putting sans the skeleton in smash so yeah it's, it's somewhere between dream daddy and undertale <laughs> Yeah, that narrows it down. <laughs> I'm I'm just talking about in terms of living up to the hype. Yeah. 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 No. Although thinking of a a game that you designed to be like halfway between those two in experience, 
Uh, that would be an interesting game design yeah, challenge. That's that's a really abstract um, qualifier. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so Goose Game, it's it's fine. It's a good it's a good fun short experience. Don't expect it to be like earth shattering just because everybody's talking about it. Yeah, it's yeah. Like I wasn't disappointed unless, by it. I I enjoyed unless it. Unless it's what you're into. Yeah. Yeah, unless you have always had a fantasy of being a destructive goose. Yeah. That I mean, fine. to be fair, I think a lot of people really like this game. Yeah, that's so. True. I mean, judging judging by Twitter, uh, it, it really connected with a lot of people. And, and again, like, it seems, from what I've seen, it seems to me like the people it's connecting with are people who are not normally gamers, which is not like a good thing or a bad thing. Uh, it's just a thing um, because it means that, you know, a lot of the people's perspectives on it are n- coming from a place other than comparing it to other games. Um, you know, which is good for it. Yeah. I don't, I don't know. Do we have much else to say? We we were talking about how this is going to be a short one, probably, but... Oh, it's we, not, it's we not too short. I thought, yeah. no, we said more about it than I thought we were going to. Yeah. Um, yeah, I don't know. If you... If you, you maybe... I, for me, it's the kind of thing where I would, like, recommend to people to get it if it's on sale. Right? Like, if you yeah. see this on sale, get it on sale. Or this is the kind of thing that um, I would have liked, because I, I bought it on the Switch and I played it on the Switch because, I don't know, I thought it would be a good game to like play like in bed at night just while I'm, mm-hmm. before I go to sleep, and that's mostly when I played it. This would be a good game to like get if you if you have a Switch, like get it before you go on a plane ride. And it'll be mm. a good a good time. Like it's a good time killer. It's a, it's a it's a really enjoyable little time killer. That you don't have to think too hard about. Yeah. And it's enjoyable. Yeah. There you go. So that's Untitled Goose Game. Yeah. Any last closing remarks? Honk. I knew Honk. that was coming. Yeah. <laughs> you set yourself up for it. I did. <laughs> I did set myself up for that. Um, all right. So next, uh, we are going to play Mutazione. Um which is a game that I saw at the Indie Mega Booth at PAX this year that I am very excited about. Um, it's uh, it's by Die Gute Fabrik, um, which is a, what did we say, Danish developer? Yes. Um, and it is sort of nominally an adventure game, but it's more narrative-focused than puzzle-focused. So it's a little bit like a, a, you know, kind of a walking simulator but it also has a, a cool, like, uh, dynamic gardening uh, mechanic, musical gardening. Um, and I, I haven't seen, I played like the first, you know, 20 minutes or so um, at PAX, and it seemed really cool. You are a young girl who moves into a community of mutants to care for her ailing grandfather, and it's about kind of like getting to know the community and like the the history of, you know, um, why your grandfather stayed, but your mother left and, you know, what she was like back when she lived there and, and things like that. And I really like the art style a lot. <laughs> yeah, it looks pretty cool. Yeah. Yeah. Uh... Um, 
and we're going to be playing that game for three weeks uh, because we are taking a little bit of an extra long um, time here because Kelso's got stuff and the rest of us are busy. Yeah, it's a a good time to uh, take a a little bit of an extended episode break. Yeah. Uh, And this time it's actually planned. Yeah. (laughs) So you have three weeks to play Mutazione. Uh, It's... Um, spelled M-U-T-A-Z-I-O-N-E. Um, I believe it is available on Steam. Yes. Uh, and yeah, you can check it out and, uh, and then come, if you want to, you can come and talk to us about it in three weeks because we like having guests on the podcast. Yeah. So that's an option. Yeah. All right. Uh, plugs. Should we do plugs? Hello. That's normally that's normally my segue for you to talk about the podcast yeah. uh, Twitter. Yes. Hello. Uh, you can find the podcast Twitter on Twitter at Feedback Force, where we, uh, you know, I'll I'll post about posting a new episode, and sometimes if I see that a game we've played is on sale, I'll uh, I'll tweet about that too. Yeah. If you ever wanted a Twitter to follow that's like very no nonsense, that only posts things directly relevant to the reason you followed it. Our Twitter is great for that. Yeah. We pretty much only post, like, this is the new episode, here's what we're playing next. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's, I try to, try to not muck about, muck, muck about with it too much. Um, if you want to see the mucking about, you can follow me, uh, on my personal Twitter, which is at Kelso Time Bomb. Um, you can also follow my personal Twitter at Kyla underscore go. That's K-Y-L-A. Uh, or you can follow Wintermore Tactics Club at Wintermore TC if you want uh, news on our game development, like things like we're going to Banff uh, for next, not weekend, it's actually like Wednesday through Friday, which is weird. Um, but yeah, we're going to be Canadians. Yeah. What are you going to do? Yeah, <laughs> yeah uh, you can yeah. follow my Twitter at Skag3. All right. And uh, hopefully we'll see y'all in three weeks. Yeah. To uh, to to talk about it. Yeah. Uh, thanks for listening, y'all. Have a good one. Bye bye. Bye. There we go. Uh, <laughs> Kyla, you did it. <laughs> I did it. Okay. Bye bye. Bye.